0: Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest episode of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you. This week, I'm going to present, actually, uh, call it a rerun. If you haven't listened to the episode of Reliving the Extreme, where Aaron, Chad, and I discussed the this year's We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame inductees, I'm going to play the audio from that for you on this week's show. did want to remind you also, stay tuned, because starting in the next week... We're going to do another one of our series through a PWI 500. From 500 through number one, the last time we did the inaugural PWI 500, which was from 1991. This time around, we are going to do the PWI from 1994. Like I said, we start at 500. We work our way all the way to number one, discussing the wrestlers that are noted, anything we know about them, Do we not? Who the hell is this guy? Blah, blah, blah. It's really fun, though, to go through a PWI 500. I think the last episode or the last series that we did was like nine episodes worth. So stay tuned for that. That is coming in the next week. Um, I'm pretty excited about that. And I just really quick I mean, what a week, huh? What a week we've had as wrestling fans. It was a whirlwind weekend (laughs) in the world of pro wrestling. I can't remember. I. I mean, I've been a wrestling fan since 1983. And there is just, there are very few times, and not that there haven't been, but there are very few times where we've had so much going on in such a short amount of time. Of course, at the end of last week, Vince McMahon, the allegations, the lawsuit. um, At some point, possibly, um, on the show, I may bring some folks on to discuss uh, the, the, the actual, I have I've read through the court filings. It's pretty extensive. It's pretty graphic. And, uh, if true, these allegations, I don't think we ever see Vin man again. It's, it's finally, finally the end for Vince McMahon. And, and like I posted in our Facebook group, if you want to join us, if you have not joined, it's the WNR podcast network, all these years, all these enemies, the FBI, the RTC, the federal government, uh, Ted Turner, The only person that could ever take out Vince McMahon is Vince McMahon himself. He did it to himself, and that's all I can say about that. But on a positive for the WWE this weekend, I actually really enjoyed the Royal Rumble pay per view. Uh, I thought it was a good show. I'm sorry, (laughs) PLE, Premium Live Event, not pay per view. Anyway, regardless, Um, I enjoyed the show. Uh, The Rumble is usually one of the better shows of the year, obviously. Uh, just a unique situation with the Rumble, and I really did enjoy the fact that it was. I know there was a lot of people on the the, the, the internet wrestling community is full of a, a bunch of reactionary fools. Anyway, um, I've been rallying against like seventy five percent of the IWC lately because it's just it's pathetic. It's pathetic. It's like I don't I don't understand like why why you're watching if you don't like it or. Why, like, I, I brought up in our Facebook group that, that the day before the Royal Rumble, everybody, I saw so many people, so many people at the, on, the, on, the, on the negative end of the internet wrestling community going, The Rock's gonna ruin Cody's story now. The Rock's gonna come in and, and win the Royal Rumble, and, and we're not gonna get to see Cody finish his story at WrestleMania. And then Cody wins the Royal Rumble. And then the same people are going, the Royal Rumble was so predictable. Make up your mind. What do you want? I mean, I know what you want. You want you want social media reactions because that's what you do. Because that's apparently the only way you can get any satisfaction in life is stirring up shit on the internet. But anyway, I thought the Rumble match was good. I did not mind the fact that it came down to Cody Rhodes and CM Punk. It was, it was a satisfying conclusion. And... Cody's going to go on to finish his story at WrestleMania, hopefully, and beat Roman Reigns. If he doesn't, Roman will still have that belt and he'll still have that heat. As far as Roman goes, I thought that the Fatal 4-Way was effective. It was was well-booked. And Roman comes out looking strong as a heel heading into WrestleMania to face the babyface Cody Rhodes. Oh, my God. Wrestling booking in pro wrestling. Not booking to what you see people commenting on the Internet or bitching about on Twitter. Actually booking some good old-fashioned pro wrestling. I like it. Uh, The Women's Royal Rumble was really good as well uh, with Bayley being the winner. We saw the debut of Jade Cargill. I'm not a big fan of Jade, but her 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 debut got a big reaction, and maybe she'll change my mind. It's happened before. I didn't I didn't I didn't like the Miz for years when he first came to WWE, and over the years he's made me a fan. You know, if you can get better and you can improve, um, and some people like Jade, and that's great too. Um, but yeah, she made definitely made an impact debuting in the Royal Rumble. It'll be interesting to see where they go with her. So. Then, now, as I'm recording this on Monday afternoon, we find out CM Punk has a torn tricep and may actually miss WrestleMania. So, crazy stuff going on. Um, Seth Rollins is hurt. Now CM Punk is hurt. What's going to happen with the World Championship at WrestleMania? It's interesting. And for the first time and for in the pretty much the history of the company... There is no blood McMahon in charge of WWE. Just a lot of changes, and uh, as we as we go through our wrestling fandom, we see a lot of changes. But I just I'm saying, for all the years that I've been a wrestling fan, I can't remember a more impactful, interesting couple few days. Maybe since what the acquisition of WCW uh, in the history of the business. So it's very very interesting, and uh, I'm hooked. It's WrestleMania season, and We're really excited around here at the WNR podcast network. All of that being said, uh, let me again present you with our conversation from reliving the extreme last week where Aaron, Chad, and I talked about the hall of fame from this year. If you haven't heard it, you can hear it here. And I want to thank all of you for all your support. Continue supporting all the shows here on the WNR podcast network, including reliving the extreme myself and Archie with the soprano cast and so much more. And, uh, Again, like I said, support what you like. Don't watch what you don't. Why are you watching something you don't like if you don't like it? I'm just saying. Anyway, (laughs) let's get into this conversation with Aaron, Chad, and myself about the We Can't Wrestle Podcast Hall of Fame 2023. And we will be back later in the week starting the PWI 500 from 1994. Definitely looking forward to that. All right, here we go. So far, this year's ballot on the ballot for four years: Stu Hart, Sting, and Ricky Dozon. Three Ooh. years on the ballot: Mick Foley, Arn Anderson, The Rock, Bob Backlund. Two years on the ballot: Vader, Ted DiBiase, JYD, Midnight Express, Sherry Martel, Rick Rude, Rick Steamboat, Sergeant Slaughter, The Sheik, and John Cena. And that's then, a good. That's a, that's a good list right there. Fuck. And then the uh, the guys that were put on, or the guys and gals that were put onto the ballot this year, their first year on the ballot, so we got Ray Mysterio Jr., Antonio Inoki, Nick Bockwinkle, Gorilla Monsoon, Chris Jericho, Trish Stratus, Kane, Jimmy Hart, Gorgeous George, Bruiser Brody, the <laughs> Damn, so that's David, Kevin, and Kerry,
1: Eddie Chad Guerrero, Austin.
0: and Buddy Rose. <laughs> Buddy Rose, not Chad Austin, but Buddy Rose. <laughs> Why
2: not? Everybody else is on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're
1: not in yet, though. God damn, they're not in yet, though. Just on it. I think I have Mike Boyette.
0: And I, I, um, I have who, who, I, Aaron and Chad both voted for on the ballot this year as well. So we'll go through that. But first, let's, um, let's break it down. We'll go through <clears throat> the people that got on to in the We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame this year. I'm not going to run down who all is already in. Um, just because that's repetitive. We've already done it year after year. If you want to know, if you want to hear some of the conversations that we've had in the past, go check out the, we can't wrestle podcast. Cause that's where we've had most of these conversations about the hall of fame in the years past. But anyway, this year, it was his first year on the ballot. First year, officially on the ballot. He got in, had actually the most votes of all the people that got in this year. Chad, what are your thoughts about Nick Bockwinkle? Who you did vote for? Chad did vote for Nick Bockwinkel.
2: Yeah, and I, I, and I honestly, you know, I I knew about Nick Bockwinkel from from you know decades of watching wrestling, watching wrestling, but it wasn't up until recently that I was just like kind of bored, and I am going through like a you know like a like spindles of DVDs, and I found like some AWA, and it was an older AWA that kind of bled into Memphis, mm-hmm. and I'm watching it, and I'm like, dude, that that dude was. Like, he was, he was like he was like Mr. Perfect before Mr. Perfect. Like when it came to the bumps, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like he would take the he would take the creative, um, you know, silly bump. Like when the perfect it was the perfect time for it, you know what I mean, right? Like he definitely learned that from Ray Stevens. And and granted, his body of work is, is in my opinion, is marred by his lack of competition in the AWA. <laughs> But I mean, but still, I think it stands. I think it stands the test of time that Vern Gagne had the, um, you know, had the guts and the and the the wit to put the bell on him for as long as he did.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what um, we just when we were discussing um, him individually on our last on our other show uh, last week. I brought up to the guys that I talked to then. um, If you one of our one of the criteria is being of significance to the business or a territory. And you talk about being of significance to a territory without Vern Gagne, Mad Dog Bashan, and Nick Bachwinkle. What really is the AW? <laughs> Let's be honest.
2: Uh, yeah, it's pretty much it.
0: Um, and and I have I don't know. Maybe there's st- some that's available that I've never seen. But I have not seen but maybe a couple of short clips of Bachwinkle and Stevens as a tag team, if I ever even have. But from people that you talk to that actually witnessed it, they supposedly are one of the greatest tag teams to ever ever team up. And I just I I to be honest with you, I just take people's word for it because I haven't really seen much of them as a team. I don't they even did, know how much exists. They did
2: um like on, on YouTube. It's a lot of, like, uh, quick, like, six-second clips. Yeah. Like, it's, like, finishes. Like, the knee drop from the top rope, like, finish kind of thing. And it's all in that fucking, like, San Francisco red rope. Like, it's bright red. Like, the, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's shot. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. And I even have, like, old AWA tapes or where they would show, like, old, ma- like you know, a match or two. Or, I thought one the other day it was a whole entire hour of matches from the St. Paul Civic Center. Okay. And um and what's his name the commentator guy was hosting backstage and you know it was like they just cut around they just cut away from him to be where I, by the AWA banner but they would go to the ring for all the matches and I thought that was pretty cool
0: mm-hmm.
2: even it's had also, a Buck Zumoff
1: match ugh. but it's also <laughs> but, uh um sometimes like when people say well I never really saw any of their matches or whatever it's like. It's almost like in re- with wrestling, it's like you don't have to see it to know it was good. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't never seen uh, Harley Race and Larry Hennig team up, but they were a tag team. God damn, I'd hate to... You know what I mean? It's like, you know those were some ass-kicking matches if those guys were yeah. a fucking tag team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, imagine me and the guys yeah. having to look across just, fucking... I was- I was gonna right say those guys.
0: They're just they're just wrestling their match and it's perfect, and they're smoking a cigarette while they're doing <laughs> it. On the ring apron. Yeah, just palm alls,
2: make he's the, the tag and and he's got his other hand in the <clears throat> ring with a cigarette in it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like made a tag, made a tag.
0: They got they got one of those little gold foil ashtrays <laughs> on the turnbuckle pad or on the um, turnbuckle post. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the referee comes over to, like, tell him to get out of the ring,
2: gives him the one, two, three, four, and he has the ashtray.
0: <laughs>
2: when he, when he, The guy
0: has to ash it out, like, as he's getting out.
2: Oh, goddamn you, ref. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. But, Aaron, you also voted for Bonkwinkle. I did not, and it's not because I didn't think he needed to be in. It was just because – He just got on the ballot, so I figured, well, I got we got five years to get him in, but he got in anyway. So good. You had you had a plan, (laughs) yeah, yeah. All right. (laughs) We'll talk. We'll talk about my fucking plan later. And what Bobby
1: say? What Bobby say? He talked about like he brought up like, what would AWA be without like what he call it? Oh, he said Wally Carbo. No, Bob. uh, He said then I left. He was like, I was working for the AWA, which stood for all the world's assholes.
0: <laughs> I guess, yeah. I didn't work there. <laughs> so, unless you guys have anything else on Bachwinkle, congratulations to Nick Bachwinkle for getting into our little yes. Hall of Fame. Then the next guy that got in this year, also another one who's First year on the ballot, and right away he's into the Hall of Fame this year. Bruiser Brody.
2: Fuck, well, Aaron, you better go first because I've already
1: had my say on this in the text messages. <laughs> well, I don't. I did not vote for Bruiser Brody this year. I do believe you did not. Yeah, because I was. It was his first year and. Kind of like what Nate said, I figured I'd get a couple guys that I've been trying to get on there on there, but there's no doubt that he belongs. And, I mean, it's like I told – I think I said it on the last show we had. Like, when you talk about wrestlers getting copied, like, you know, there's, like, guys that copied the Road Warriors look and guys that copied Hogan's look and guys that copied Billy Graham's look. How many guys copied Bruiser Brody? You know what I mean? Like, when – like, oh, we want to look like a big, tough, long-haired wrestler, you know? And yeah. He, Shit. He, like, he's, if you, he, he's one of the he's one of the guys that if you ask somebody that doesn't know anything about wrestling to draw the wrestler, they're going to draw somebody that looks like Brodie.
2: <laughs> Good chance at least. Yeah. I just can't believe. I mean, I, I'm I'm I just can't believe that I haven't picked him, earlier. because I figure like somebody like Brody, like you know, I I take Brody for everything. He, he had one vote last election around here for councilman. And that was <laughs> me. <laughs> I vote for Brody for everything. <laughs> Just, yeah. so I, 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 I'm i glad Brody finally got his deal, dude. Come on, seriously. When you talk about influence, like, the, the fact that, like, you know, he could run territories and do production and, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he could do everything in the business. And he was, like, one of the guys that, that came around, like, this is all like pre-cable, <laughs> like sort of, yeah. sort of speak. And he knew how to do all that shit, man. And his body of work—fuck, just in Japan alone, he go, he goes in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then then, then you get then you got to take in consideration his St. Louis stuff with Flair, and all that shit. Sixty minutes, come on, man. Flair is nuts, dude. And, uh,
1: and enough enough balls to be able to just if somebody told him to do something that he didn't want to do, he would just say "fuck you" and, and bounce. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Was. Like 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 a lot of times people would say that's a bad thing, and it's like not necessarily. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I, it's like at that time, especially, it's like I might not be here four months from now. You yeah.
0: In the, time that in, you're the gonna... time that in the time in the time that he was an active wrestler, that was that was the best. Like. If he if he existed today, in or in today's type of pro wrestling environment, the "fuck you, I'm out of here" thing probably wouldn't have been as financially beneficial. You know what I mean? Like you, you know, you know, you can't just nowadays. It's like, well, I could tell WWE to go fuck themselves, but those are really nice checks, and I don't know if I'm going to go somewhere else and get paid like that. You know, especially
2: just, especially when you're approaching pretty much the uh, the tail end of your your best yeah. years yeah so i mean yeah he, he could always say fuck you wwe because i always got japan in my back pocket but oh fuck you know i'm i'm 40 whatever
0: 3, 44 years old do that, i want to go over japan still that's a question i was going to ask you chad because aaron and i discussed it before um on a show you weren't with us on now there was there was talk i've always read that in like Like, right, you know, right around the time before he passed, there was talk of the WWF at that time talking about trying to get Brody to come in.
2: Yeah, I've heard Um,
0: that. And they were talking about probably possibly bringing him in as a tag team with John Nord, I think, which that's I don't know about that for sure. But my question for you is you were just talking about, okay, I'm getting up in years, et cetera, et cetera. I see where the business is going. Aaron disagreed with me, and I just wanted to see what you thought. Do you think, say it's 1988, Brody doesn't doesn't pass away, (coughs) WWF offers him to come in, they offer him either a tag team or maybe a run with Hogan or something to that. Do you think that at that point in his life, Brody would have been less confrontational because of the money he could have made? To you know what I you know what I mean in in a in a, as an older he wasn't old but he wasn't getting any younger you think he could have changed his attitude to work for Vince and work oh, within I, the system yeah. to make that I money mean, I, I you
2: know especially at that part of his career like that would be like just the icing on the cake mm-hmm. you know that would be like just the like you know I worked my whole life to to do this and now now I get to do it now I get to do it for fun. Right. You know what I right. mean? I don't well, know. Well, that's what that's
0: that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, Brody in eighty-eight is like CM Punk yesterday. You know, yeah. CM Punk, CM Punk is finally like, all right, <laughs> it's time to fucking settle down and quit being a shit stirrer and, and work for the biggest company in the world and make a bunch of fucking money for a few years and then probably say Sayonara. Or but, go and, work and, in and the front center or something. And, and I and I think that might like
1: I don't want to say like he wouldn't have done it, but I don't know if it would have lasted because like yeah, okay, you're going to work with Hogan. He's not going to beat Hogan. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to be a thing. But Yeah, but he's still going to get he's still going to get at least probably
2: what? He's still I gonna know, get but, th- like 3 months cuz you're going to have to you're going to have to establish the build first. So know, he's going to get I, a 3 month run just I, out of a one I, run with Hogan.
1: And I get that, but after that is my thing. It's like I don't see him like
0: wanting
1: well, to like, well, I mean, not even that. Like, okay, now you've lost a Hogan. Okay, you may have been in WrestleMania or SummerSlam. You lost a Hogan. Cool. Now we're gonna bring you back down the card. Cool. Like all right. Jake Roberts. No, and that, and or no, it's like, all right, Brody, now we want you to go out there and we want you to but put over Brutus beefcake. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's when gonna finish you. You know what I mean? Like, it's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. Like, I, I just, I don't see him in that company <laughs> jiving well. well
2: all. I, I, I would pretty much say, like, I, I know they had a meeting. I do know that. But they they just weren't willing to work around his Japan schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, that was first and foremost for, for Brody. It was like, dude, look, I'm going, like, 32 weeks out of the year. You know what I mean? You're, you're going to get me, right. like, fucking once every three months. For Like a week or some shit You know (laughs) yeah he probably looked at it Like all right I I have this offer on the table You know what you know What do I you know what do I want to do Do I want to keep doing what I'm doing and having you know Still having that Japanese fucking Kind of thing going on Or like like we were talking about just taking it Easy Mm -hmm. for A little while but unfortunately man I could just see Brody at fucking 40 At like 50 Working for MCW you know, I'm thinking like, did I remember you? Or if you still around now, like doing the indies, he's like 58 years old or 60 years old. I remember you like 1983. Yeah. Brody definitely is a fucking is, is, I,
0: I like, I can't believe that we're just putting him in. Well, the, the next guy that got in this year after four years on the ballot, finally got in. Let me see. Uh, Aaron, oh, say course, it, say it. Aaron, Aaron did vote for him. Chad did vote for him, and I did vote for him because, shit, I've been voting for him since we started this thing. Stu Hart, you talk about being of significance to the business. Fucking Stu yeah. Hart. I mean, his – his what he did is still going today, you know, whether yeah. you you know whether you like it, love it, or hate it. It's still going today. Jericho, Jericho the came, the Natalia. Talent came, the
1: talent that came out of his balls and his basement is just – Amazing, like that's a Hall of Fame fucking roster right there.
2: Just just his sperm alone
1: should be in the Hall yeah. of Fame. <laughs> like a little cup. You go, you go to the
2: fucking <laughs> WWE headquarters, and it's just a little tiny window with a cup in it. <laughs> and it's got it's got a bunch of phony phony heart names. <laughs> Flow
0: heart. I think yeah, I think he started wrestling in like 1943.
2: I'm so. not even sure it was the 19th yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might want
0: to you might want to break your Wikipedia again. Oh, look at that. We got Stu Hart and Abraham Lincoln. Wow. That's <laughs> but yeah, he uh started wrestling in the 40s. So you think about that his wrestling career, which I other than like late, like maybe like 70s, early 80s stampede stuff I've never seen a Stu Hart match from 1945. Who has? <laughs> other than people that lived then. I just haven't, you know, it's just it's not there to watch it.
2: But we just we, we assume it
0: happened. Yes, yeah, but you think about he had that he had his wrestling career, and then he starts a promotion that is that is Canada's premier promotion. I mean, I don't know, was it? Would, would you say Stampede or would you say Montre- or Montreal? Well, Either way, Montreal was only Montreal, right? Stampede, Stampede they went covered,
2: They covered both ends
1: of Canada. They would, they even went down and they even went even came down into the States. They went into like Montana and shit. So, yeah.
2: I mean, mm-hmm. Canada, it's like driving cross country, like in America, California to fucking Delaware or whatever. <laughs> and it, they're it driving. They're longer. driving. A,
0: they're driving over a frozen lake
2: <laughs> and they're doing this. They're doing this weekly. <laughs> like, come on, dude, you're going to be a bad motherfucker having to deal with that shit
0: in a broken down ring truck. 20 so degrees got, below fucking freezing. You got the wrestling career. Then you got the promotion. Then you got, like Aaron said, he's got, he's got, I mean, his family produced <laughs> how many amazing pro wrestlers, even the and ones then, that
2: didn't make it big. were still good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then in the dungeon, how many people did he train that we watch that we have watched over the years and how many people have those people influenced that we're watching today? So the guy, yeah. I mean, just as as a significance to the business, Stu and Stu's also one of those guys that um, what I I bet looking back on it, he was kind of maybe like I don't know bitter or whatever, but he never gave in that he was. But anyway, he was also you know, smart. I, I, the, I, don't was I don't think he was as well, I, bitter. I don't think he was as much bitter. Just he was just hardened. What what I was referring to was, do you think he was bitter about selling, like giving selling his selling out to Vince pretty much? No, think I think like... he would. I think his fan, I think his kids are more better than he was about it.
1: Because <clears throat> Stu got his payday mm-hmm. for the moment. well. Brett claims he never did, but Stu was set. I think Vince. I think Vince paid paid him. But why wouldn't you? But mm-hmm. I don't think he paid. I don't. I don't think he paid him what he thought he was going to get, but I still think he paid him. But but I think his kids are more bitter about it than anything. And and I'm not even going to say they're wrong for it because if he, Vince did kind of do him a little dirty, it's like it's still their dad. You know what I mean? So they're going to be yeah. a little. I mean, look, off about it. But Stu I mean, made look, sure his million- kids. He, Stu made sure his kids were taken care like his he, yeah like his core group of guys were taken care of. And it's like you said, Nate. He started wrestling in 1945. <laughs> Vince bought him in what 83 84 yeah, yeah.
0: 84 he was,
1: done. he was like probably I'm fucking tired <laughs> yeah he was like I've cranked out
0: yeah yeah oh, yeah I need a need a fucking nap
1: uh, yeah, I've yeah. cranked out 12 fucking kids I've trained like 800 people I've trained done. 1200 people he's like I'm fucking done I'm tired I can barely walk
0: <laughs> and you know, what's funny though. Like it, it was because I was, I, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I was watching the wrestling with shadows and I always thought kind of a low key funny person was Helen Hart. Like <laughs> when they, when they interview Helen Hart, she's like, so, uh, he told me, he told me when we got together, that we wouldn't be in this wrestling business for more than five years. And here we are, everything's the wrestling business. All our kids are wrestlers, all our daughters are married to wrestling. I just <laughs> love how she's just this old lady, just like, I didn't want anything to do with wrestling, and that's my whole fucking life. He's a very nice <laughs> so, boy. So, so, yeah, she sounds like <laughs> Edith Edith Bunker. Yeah.
1: And it's like <laughs> that's like I was saying, like, Stu, um, when he when he was a kid. Him and his like siblings lived in a. They were on the fucking prairies of Canada, living <laughs> in a fucking tent, and he wound up in a mansion in Calgary. You know what I mean? So he was. I bet in my mind he was just probably like, "I'm. What else is there for me to do? Fuck it, take it, Vince, have it." No, you yeah. Know what I mean?
2: yeah, I mean, I mean, where, where, was, where was his vision of what Stampede was going to be twenty five years from then? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? He had no, he had no, um, rec- no, uh, recollection of cable television or how to get involved in off the net. Only thing he had basically to offer anybody in the wrestling business was his library, right? And and, and his territory that nobody's seen to watch. <laughs> nobody's running them them bullshit ass towns in the middle
1: of fucking Canada. They're going to fucking Indian Indian land and shit like they they went to like.
0: Yeah, it's like you, where, where, them, where, reservations
1: where, and shit. It's I was like, going to
0: say, where, where are we going today? I think we're doing a show up in Moose Knuckle. <laughs>
1: yeah, for the pack walk tribe. That sounds about fucking
2: right, dude. I heard some of them places and I'm like, I think they just stop and just set up a ring. <laughs> like the Iron Sheet going to Walmart. <laughs> he just he just walks into Walmart and claims that he's booked. Can he, can, he, can he get a fucking table to sell pictures at? <laughs> I did. I did it with him. I helped him. I've totally fucking seen it. <laughs> oh, I booked Bubba. No, you're fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> you just came to Walmart. And you just, you're gonna tell anybody you're famous wrestler, WWE champion.
0: <laughs> Big Hulk Hogan. Jack Jabroni.
2: Jabroni. Yeah, Stu is like one of them fucking yeah. Blo- I mean, dude. I mean, like, look at like um, like even when he talked about his feats of strength and shit, even when he was like in his sixties. Or whatever, he was still like stretching people. Granted that they weren't working as hard with him anymore as they did when they were younger,
1: but yeah, he was he still knew how to stretch people. Looks well, like Nate was talking about on that wrestling with shadows. That one guy's talking all that shit. And he's, and he's like, the one screaming? Where you stretch. Me? Yeah, like at first he's like, Is this where you stretched all the guys? Is this where you hurt all the guys? And he's like talking shit. And I think it's I think Harry Smith. I I, I, I think he's on. Is it is it him, Nate? Is yeah. it Davies kid? Yeah, like and that kid even looks at the camera, like this guy's about to get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and then Stu just he leaves he leaves the black kid alone because he was nice and pleasant and shook his hand and everything. But then the fucking one dude that keeps talking shit, Stu fucks him up.
0: Stu <laughs> wasn't <one have> it. <laughs> And he's like, notice what notice what happens when I move your arm just slightly.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and it literally is slightly. <laughs> like literally, like dude, it's like he just like just like he does it like almost in slow motion. And then you hear the guy just go like from like just laying there going ah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like he put it. He put your arm back as far as you were letting him put your arm back, <laughs> where, where it didn't hurt you, right? Yeah. And then he goes, okay, now I'm just gonna move it back a little bit. Well, you already put it back as far as you wanted it to go back. And then he, and then he just said, No, a little bit, uh, a little bit of it this way, yeah. <laughs> you know, of course guys you're gonna fucking, fucking
0: scream fucking bloody murder. Guys fucking eyes go bloodshot, as capillaries are sticking <laughs> out. Yeah. And
2: you can't do nothing. <laughs> like, you know, that 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 kills me when I watch wrestling like kind of nowadays, and like guys put like like a brutal maneuver on somebody like, you know, like, I don't know, I'm guessing like a tas mission or whatever,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know? And then like, they like leave the guy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, that, what, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> and like, you know, you remember how they used to wake him up from the sleeper. Yeah. When they, you know, and Dusty Rhodes would pretend like I ain't doing it when he was doing the sleeper angle and shit. And the referee's like, dude, you got to. <laughs> and the guy's just laying there. I, I hate I hate that because it makes me fucking cringe just knowing that I could be in a mood where I can't do fucking nothing about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, and that's exactly what too Hard is. I'll be like, fuck you, old man. Next thing I know, I'm fucking all hurting. <laughs> <laughs> just like laying there, my like my my, my legs all in the air backwards.
0: You're, shit. you're wake you're waking up in your car and it's running.
2: <laughs> yeah. <just laughs> on the hood. <laughs>
0: I look like a Buick emblem. Yeah, like I said, (laughs) after after all the the years that he's been on the ballot, Stu Hart finally in the Hall of Fame this year. The next guy, another guy that first year on the ballot and got right... Actually, wait, 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 wait. Second year on the ballot. I'm sorry. And did get in this year. And of the three of us, I was the only one that voted for him this year. It was Junkyard Dog.
2: Well... He wants to go on this one.
0: I would say the reason that I voted for him this year was I look at um, it's it's the of significance. It's it's the the mid South territory that that what what was it two two and a half three year run that he had there. I think you could put that up against any babyface run in the history of the business,
2: especially in when we're talking about territories. Yeah. For a territory as big geographically, but as small, basically in the same format geographically, because he drove fucking, you know, 1,200, whatever, 2,000 miles a week, whatever, for five towns. You know what I mean? But it was still a small territory. And for him, like, I was just telling my roommate the other day, I was talking about dog. And I was talking about, like, how big, like, the, um, uh, what is it in, in, in Louisiana, the Superdome? Mm-hmm. Like how big the Superdome is and nobody could fill it. They could have fucking Ringling Brothers there at the same time as Muhammad Ali and Prince are playing and all three of them at the same time. And you ain't selling that place out. And like the dog what held the record. Well, what was it? Was it? Was it? I, I want to I say it was more than 38,000. Yeah. Like some I- tells me it was closer to forty, like
0: 40,000. I don't know why 42 sticks in my head. thats yeah, wrong. like
2: 40, yeah. 44 sticks in my head. Okay. You know, but I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like, that's still, that's still, that's barely half the place. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's the record? <laughs> you know what I mean? And Dog had it, what? That was the fucking the Michael Hayes thing, right?
1: Yeah. Right. Katrina didn't even yeah. put that yeah. many Fuck, people dude. in the Superdome. What's that? So like Katrina didn't even put that many people. I was going to say yeah,
2: Katrina couldn't even draw the superdome. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the whole fucking city's underwater, and they still couldn't get seventy-seven thousand in there. <laughs> Jesus, but, but yeah, to get a dog to do that, man. Because I mean, who would have thought? Like, if I was Bill Watts, I would have put together fucking me versus Nate on the undercard.
0: You know what I mean? Wouldn't matter. Like, yeah, wouldn't matter. Who gives a shit? Yeah. yeah, but uh, but, put old, put old crotchy old Mr. Wrestling Two out there in his tidy whiteies. Nah, dude, it doesn't you're paying, matter. You're,
2: you're paying Wrestling Two too much money. <laughs> no, dude, you, you get you get you get six guys. You put them in like three matches. You know they do a couple of singles, a tag, and then a six man, <laughs> and like and then you come back with Dog, and, and that's all you need. Yeah, sell it out. 40-some no um, 40, 40 thousand people in the Superdome. Like you, like you said, Nate, or Aaron, that Katrina couldn't even sell that place out. That's pretty good.
0: <laughs> and, and it's like Aaron and I discussed before, for for everything you can say positive about Bill Watts, what he didn't realize was JYD wasn't over because he was black. JYD was over because he was JYD. You're not going to be able to repackage George Wells as Master G and him replace JYD or Action Jackson or whoever the fuck else he tried to make the next junkyard dog. It wasn't because no it was, it he was black, man. It was because he was fucking great. He was <laughs> over and that and, and and especially even back then.
1: Back then, <clears throat> the African American culture could. Um, I don't want to say. Um, tell when somebody was trying to placate to him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, eh, you know, it's like, like they didn't like you said they didn't like Jyd because he was black. They liked him because he was fucking cool, and mm-hmm. and it, it's like, then when everybody else is trying to go out there and do it, it's almost like they're like you're. It's just. You know what I'm saying? It's like they know they know you're trying to play down to him, or they feel it like you're trying Bill, to play it down shows,
2: to It shows it shows Bill Watts' pure fucking ignorance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just just to just to automatically think that he could just unplug one black guy and then plug another black guy in that spot. Yeah, like that's ignorant. It's that's fucking. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How can you think that's possible?
0: Not that he. Not that he even would have had a chance of, of rebounding the promotion, but probably the, the guy that he tried with, that was the closest to JYD's charisma was Iceman Parsons. Oh yeah. But, but he was, he wasn't ever going to be what JYD was. I mean, he was a (laughs) a distant, he was a distant second. (laughs) (laughs) He may have been second, but he was
2: a distant second. (laughs) You know what I mean? He can go. He can go to his fucking grave saying that he was the number two black guy in New Orleans, but you were way fucking behind, Dog bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, nice that story. Word out of nice your story mouth. That's out.
2: like that's like breaking Bruno's record. <laughs> Shut and up, bro.
0: And, and yeah, and then like, not and just beyond beyond New Orleans. You know, I know when when Dog got to WWF. You know, I mean, everybody knows he, he didn't, he, he got fat and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's the route everybody takes. Meltzer liked to to call him the junk food dog and all that crap. But he still was a, a fucking huge ball of charisma. You can argue that for a little bit there in 82, 80, 80, I'm sorry, 84, 85. He was, he was right behind Hogan as the biggest baby face in the company.
2: And he would tag with Hogan hmm If Hogan was gonna get into a tag match with like Bundy and or Protera or Stud and whatever, it would be Junkyard Dog a lot of the times. Or Piper and, and one in Orndorf. Right. I mean he was he was a, like I said, he was a number two guy. I mean, but in WWE, like he's headlining your B shows. Hogan can do the fucking gardens and the fucking UIC pavilions and let fucking Junkyard Dog do the fucking, you know, the five to seven thousand seat places. Right. He'll sell that shit out. I took it to buy crack one time. Him and Jake Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> That's a team. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to, they wanted to go down to Baltimore Arena and, and wanted to see what it looked like now after they remodeled oh. it. And I didn't know what they really meant. <laughs> I took them downtown and they saw a guy with a black trench coat. Next thing I know they're all fucking. The guy was like, junk your dog! <laughs> and I was like, oh, jeez, oh, <laughs> I got suckered into that one. But he was always cool to us. Dog was. Uh, he, he like, he still, you know, he was one of them guys that were pretty much broke at the end. Mm-hmm. And, like, most of the time, how guys are, like, Sheiky Baby, th- they ain't taking too many pictures for nothing. Dog would. Dog couldn't get out. couldn't even get, like, get his stuff together and lead the locker room without the boys all jumping up in there. You know, he never charged fucking any of the boys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was always cool. You know. So the next, uh, like, them guys, them old guys like that were like, "Dude, at least people remember me now."
0: Yeah, and I'm getting a payday at least. The next guy that got into the Hall of Fame this year, Ed Farhat, the original Chic. Um, did, without without, I mean, I know Brody's in. Without the Sheik and Brody, do you even have ECW, our ECW that we get to talk about every single week here on the program? I mean, arguably.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean you can still make a case for others, Onita, etc. But for the for the most part, the Sheik is uh Yeah, he's the he's the Sheldon Benjamin, the gold standard when it comes to that style of wrestling. But but ECW but, made it a better style of wrestling. Right. Nobody's ever gonna accuse the sheik of having a five star match. <laughs> you know, maybe a five star riot or a five star brawl or something, but never gonna never gonna be accused of having a fucking good match. And if you can get put on the hall of fame just on that fucking merit alone, you have never had a good
1: match. That's pretty much saying something in my opinion. Yeah, he's stuck in the ring. <laughs> the he's going to the hall of fame. The ECW connection I'll give data is talking about like when you had an ECW, yeah, you probably still would have. But I, I'll put Sheik like appearing on ECW gave it like legitimacy. You know what I mean?
2: I wish it could have been more, man. I really do. Yeah, I, just, I, just, I, I was, the, I was, I was there and everything, but like literally, I just was hoping that he would be there a little more because I was terrified to talk to him. I didn't talk to him. Other than shake his hand. And literally, I don't even think he shook my hand. I think he just looked at me, like, up and down. <laughs> and I just kind of, like, walked away. <laughs> you know? I made sure I was in my gear first, so he didn't think I was just some mark. Yeah. So I wanted to let him know that I was a worker on the show. And I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. And he looked at me, like, up and down. I was like, okay. Nice to have you here, sir. Yeah. You're going to have me over for dinner? But, I mean, look at look at his fucking accomplishments. Um, and what he did in just a cobo hall. That's Jerry Lawler Mid-South Coliseum fucking numbers.
0: That's what I was gonna say. You talk about once again, it's like stew, it's like of significance to the business. I mean, an entire an entire region of the country between him and Dick the Bruiser, an entire region of the country. Um, pretty much, you know, as far as the territory system goes. And like you said, in Detroit, shit. There's never huh. been a wrestler on Detroit like him, and and me and Aaron are from we we are actually from Toledo, and and that that kind of even even when we were kids in the in the 80s and 90s, things had really died off, but the residual effects of the chic were still there, you know. And, yeah, and w- old, when you
1: when you tell an old dude yeah. that you like wrestling – when you tell like a like a 45 50-year-old guy that you liked wrestling they they bring up they bring up uh Bobo Bobo chic. Brazil yeah they bring up Bobo Sheik, yeah bo- Bobo Chic um um Dick the, the, Bruiser. the Bruiser, and the Great Wojo that's yeah. who they'd bring Not up the great wojo yeah he was from Toledo man the great wojo was, was he was Thomas. he was a local Not celebrity when... In our well, he town. was a coach at Whitmer. Like he coached yeah, like basketball or whatever at Whitmer. Yeah, they don't sell tickets at Whitmer. <laughs> saying those are the cash people to bring up. And if he they didn't sold remember, out a free event, good if they didn't re- if they didn't remember Bobo's name, they'd be like, oh yeah, I remember Coco Butt. That's what they called him Coco <laughs> Big Gigantic Black Dude. Coco Butt.
2: <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's that's a tremendous. That your guys and the way you guys live—that your guys' legends consist of like the Sheik, which you're like, yeah, it's cool. Bubba Brazil, Wilbur Snyder, <laughs> Dick, the <Bruiser. laughs> Dick the Bruiser, and Blake every Owens. old guy,
0: every old guy around here. When I was when I was like a you know teenager in the in my twenties or whatever, if I ever told an old a old guy that I liked wrestling or we were talking about wrestling, it was like every old guy around here at some point in his life met Dick the Bruiser. I met that's Dick the Bruiser. Right. Met Dick the Bruiser him at a, a truck stop. Met him at a truck stop in uh in Illyria or whatever. Is you know, you met a guy that looked
1: like you met a guy that looked like Dick the Bruiser. Because <laughs> all of you look like Dick the Bruiser.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say I hope you're going there with that one
2: because yeah I that's think like
0: that all... that's like that that's like that Mitch Hedberg joke where he talks about he was on he was uh he did, Mitch Hedberg talks about how he did that movie <laughs> that movie with Peter Frampton. And in the scene they were doing, they had to smoke weed, but it wasn't real weed because it was whatever. So he's smoking this fake weed with Peter Frampton. And he's like, I'll tell you what, smoking fake weed with Peter Frampton is almost as cool as smoking real weed with a guy who looks like Peter Frampton. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But anyway, uh, the Sheik in the Hall of Fame deservedly so. The next guy that got and, and Chad and I did vote for him for the record. The next guy that got in this year, Aaron voted for. Um, and I voted for Chad did not vote for this gentleman this year, but it doesn't matter. He's in now, so you don't have to worry about voting for him in the future. Gorilla Monsoon. Oh. Uh obviously I didn't
2: vote for him hmm. for a reason.
0: Um, not this, because that'll
2: be this- this With was that? his
0: first year this was his first year on the ballot so
2: okay I, I I'll probably withstand from voting for him any other year he just doesn't he just doesn't stand out to me mm-hmm. I'm not saying he never did good things like his whole entire body of work but a lot of his body of work included after he was done in the ring yeah I don't know that a lot, I don't, I don't know a whole that... lot about his in-ring career I don't he either, was just an attraction but...
1: Part of it is like how Nate said, with it's like the significance to a territory or a company. I mean, he had a lot of significance and whatever to the formation of Vince's WWF. So, that's but it part wasn't of as why a why talent. I know, but I'm just saying. In ge- I mean, oh yeah, I'm not going to discredit that at all. I'm just saying, as a talent,
2: you know, he didn't he didn't rock st- or stone cold it. You know what I mean? Like, no, he didn't like. Changed the landscape of the business with his fucking awesome work of Muhammad Ali.
1: I know, but I'm saying like it's more behind the scenes thing for kind of why I voted for him. Just his, his right. significance I mean, to the fine. history of, and, and being able to just wheel and deal and he knew everybody and get anybody I mean, out I, I got of anything. You.
2: If you're going to consider that criteria, I, I get it totally.
1: I don't think Vince would have got as far in the WWF as he did without having a Girl on Monsoon with. Yeah, I mean, same with all the guys. Skolan,
2: Strongbow, you know what I mean? Phil Zacco. Yeah. Dick (laughs) Whirly. Like, yeah, I mean, I I used to have... And Joe
0: McHugh.
2: Who? I said, and Joe McHugh. (laughs) (laughs) Gilberto Roman.
1: Every time somebody says Dick Whirly... Like, isn't that what Flair did on that plane? Isn't that what yeah. guys <laughs> he didn't I, a I Dick Whirly and everything
2: <laughs> I'm standing in the shower thinking of Dick Whirly.
0: <laughs> so the next guy to get in this year, we're almost we got two more here. Um, Aaron did vote for him, I believe. Yes, and I think Chad did as well. And it is and and we can talk about this guy for Definitely a little bit. Ted DiBiase. Oh,
2: good Lord. Yeah. Pick a territory.
0: Yes. we Yeah. And, and it's like, no matter what, no matter where he is, he's the best. Pick a territory.
1: Pick a version. Pick a gimmick. Him, yeah. yeah. He's the best. Yeah. He's
0: the best heel. He's the best heel in the territory, no matter what territory.
1: See, he's a
2: classic example of what I was talking about that who we were just talking about wasn't. About popping the territory. Mm-hmm. He goes to mid south. He's a fucking heel. Like, what did he do? He piledrove, drove what with a dog or Michael Hayes, or he got piled I think drove, it was, right. I think it was dog. He piled drive the the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then he ended up turning babyface. Like, and it was and like all his babyface turns, even going through the UWF, they were all like, um, they were by, they weren't by like something stupid like a manager fucking him. It was like, it was by like the crowd just started getting behind him, and then he just started to change his style. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like a fucking babyface turn, so to speak.
0: Yeah. No, that's what I was going to say. He was, he was always, no matter whether babyface or heel, he was always the same guy. He was so good. Yeah. Like, even if you didn't like him, you had to fucking
2: respect him because, you know, he was so good. Yeah. I mean, he can do it all, you know, like his stuff in Georgia. You know, you figure you're doing when you're on top in Georgia for whatever two three years, as he was. He's doing fucking eight or nine promos in two hours. Like how many times are you coming out on the show and you're gonna have stuff to say and then you got to do a brawl, you know? But mm-hmm. he he pulled it off, man. And his matches are just psychologically as fundamental as anybody's. You know, no, nobody's ever saw a bad Ted DiBiase match, not even against that guy the WWE hired. And only had two matches, and they fired him because I think DiBiase worked him. And then when they realized that DiBiase couldn't get a match out of him, that yeah, he wasn't worth an experiment.
0: (laughs) What was his name, Johnny Powers? Oh, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't remember what his name was, though. I know it's not that it's it's not that it's not that McGee guy because he was the one that had the match with Brett. Um, yeah, that's him. That's it. Tom is it Tom McGee? Tom McGee. Yeah, he had the match with Brett too. He worked with Brett. Well, he oh, had was great a great match. Well, he had a great match with
1: Brett. Brett got a great match out of him. And then everybody else after that, they couldn't get shit out of him. That was yeah, it's pretty
2: fucked up when they when they put you with Brett Hart, Ted DiBiase, and, and you know, who knows what other top caliber uh worker they put him against and they couldn't do shit with him.
0: Well, and he's one of the, he's one of the, I said it before. He's probably for an actual wrestling match, not like a drama wrestling match. Cause there are people that had good dramatic grandiose performances with the ultimate warrior, but as far as a, a, a nut, a nuts and bolts pro wrestling match Saturday night's main event after survivor series, I think it's 1990 it's either 89 or 90 anyway. After one of the Survivor series there's a Saturday nights main event and there's a one on one match between the ultimate warrior and Ted DiBiase and it's the best ultimate warrior match I've ever seen. DiBiase did it man it was like you're working a fucking miracle brother. <laughs> and it's also the only he's I mean okay
1: we said like he got a good match out of the ultimate warrior. Um he's the only time he's the only guy that made Virgil interesting. <laughs> As a wrestler, I mean, as a person, Virgil's super interesting and interesting <laughs> and entertaining. But as a wrestler, he's the only guy that got anything out of him.
0: And dude,
2: when I when I started trading tapes, like I saw the angle on TV, I watched it—the Mister R angle. But when I first started trading tapes, that's one of the angles I had to have on tape. I had to get that Mister R angle because, like, his fucking face when Tommy Rich like walks out. <laughs> And, and stands there and waves at him, and, and his face is like, "What the fuck? Like, <laughs> I didn't realize I was wrestling Brad Armstrong that whole entire time. That's amazing to me that he wrestles Brad Armstrong and he thinks that it's Tommy Rich because he's wearing a fucking New Japan workout suit and a mask. <laughs> like, how many times did he work Tommy Rich? And when did Tommy Rich ever do like some of the stuff that Brad Armstrong did?
1: Like an When was he ever built like Brad Armstrong?
2: Well, I mean, he had the full body outfit on.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: So I'll I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. You can totally still see that. You can still totally see that one Tommy Rich, but just the fact that Tommy Rich comes out and Deviante's look on his face, where he's just like, "What? That wasn't who I was just beating up for ten minutes."
1: <laughs> there ain't no, if there ain't no pot belly, it ain't no Tommy Rich. <laughs> no, dude,
2: that that's <laughs> one of my all time favorite angles, just from the look on Deviante's face and the little kid playing the basketball. Then come on. That's 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 like that. People talk about it today as one of the most disgusting like angle, not disgusting as in like bad taste. Just like when you talk about like heel stuff. Yeah. Like it's one of the biggest heel angles when he kicks the basketball from the little black boy
1: or when he kicks
0: all the kicks, everybody out of the swimming pool. That's my
1: favorite. That's my favorite vignette. Like like not out in the crowd, but that's my favorite one with the pool. When he wants all the kids out of the pool And the guy's like I'm not gonna do that And then like he whips out all the money And the guy's chlorine Chlorine level's too high Everybody's yeah. gotta go
2: <laughs> And everybody's got their little fucking dinghies And they're all like falling out like Jaws is in the fucking pool <laughs> You know they, The guy's got the little fucking thing wrapped around his waist <laughs> And they're all like making their eggs Yeah that's, like that's classic Everybody out chlorine <laughs> Yeah DiBiase's just I mean everything he did Was gold and, I mean, I, I, I'm a little suspect. I, I, it, it wouldn't even hold me back as far as putting him in the Hall of Fame. But his Lloyds of London shit, you know, yeah. I don't know his back situation. I honestly don't. But I know back, a lot of came from the man. era where everybody was getting Lloyds of London. You know, whether he could work, could can't work, that's, that's not the, you know, he still did enough after he couldn't even work. But yeah, DiBiase for sure, Hall of Fame.
0: And one one more thing I'll say about him is, and I know you know people can say what they want <laughs> that everybody has their own opinion. But when he did the uh, the Money Incorporated thing, that was the only time I've ever been a fan of Mike Rotunda. <laughs> so he also he also did that too. I don't not, know,
2: Captain Mike Rotunda is pretty interesting.
0: Not a Rotunda guy here.
2: Varsity <laughs> Club was over. Yeah, me neither, really. But Yeah, I guess you're right. Money Inc. got he got a Hogan run, right? They got a, they got well, a, what a Hogan tag run and Beefcake or some shit.
0: Yeah, well, and like I told Aaron the last time we were talking about it, that that time too, the WWF Tag Team Division was oof. <laughs> it wasn't what it once was. And uh, those two guys, DiBiase and IRS, kind of kept that shit afloat for a couple of years.
2: Yeah, I guess you got a good point there. I never really thought about it, how bad their tag team division was. But, what, LOD, Nasty Boy Steiners? Natural Disasters. All right, LOD, Natural and, and the, Boy Steiners? And the Bushwhackers. All right, LOD, Natural <laughs> Nasty Boy Steiners? Steiner's
1: only last Steiners <laughs> only pretty much for just what nine months or a year? They weren't even there that long. Doesn't matter. They're they
2: fucking still did more than the natural disasters did. In, what two years? Beefcake and honky or valentine and honky.
0: <laughs> Rhythm and blues. Rhythm and blues. Boxcar Do you know Martin? <laughs> The real um, Quebecers? The, la- the last guy that got in this year, none of us voted for him. None of the three of us voted for him. And I don't think he should have gotten in, but it is what it is. I just well, make How to he get up. in if none of us I, voted for it, him? But none, of th- none of the three of us voted for him, but enough of the other people did where he got in this year. Okay, all right. Sting. Clown shoes don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Sting and here's my big thing because Chad and I Chad and I both Chad and I have talked about it and we both voted for Ricky Dozon again this year because Ricky Dozon four years on the ballot next year if he doesn't get in, he has to go back to the nominating process. Why isn't he in this Hall of Fame yet? but stings in. <laughs> but sting's in. the crime. Wow. <laughs> who are these people you allow to
2: fucking vote? Are they also still getting ten CDs for a penny? Fuck. who are these jabronis?
0: <laughs> but like I, I like I said before, and I'll just say it one more time, I, it's not that I don't necessarily dislike Sting. My big thing about Sting is through his whole career, yeah, he had main events, but he was always the other guy. Yeah. In any, from, in any promotion he was ever in, he was never the draw. The only time he was ever a draw was the year and a half he didn't wrestle. Like he he spent a year and a half in the in the bleachers or up in the up in the rafters or whatever. That's the only time he was ever a draw. He didn't even wrestle. And yeah, I I mean, guess he, mention, yeah. He when did he was, when he was champion. WCW was having a bad time, and he didn't draw. in
1: the in the tank. Yeah, and and Nate, honestly, I think a lot of times when sometimes when people look at like a list of names that are in front of them and they're wrestling fans, they just. Vote with the nostalgia. And they the vote heart. with
0: their you they know. vote with their heart and not with their head.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's
0: kind of like mean, when you let, it's kind of like well, when you hear no
2: doubt stings a hall of famer.
0: Maybe just not, not now. Be, not before Ricky Dozon. on.
2: Of, yeah, of course, but yeah, whatever. We'll get him out of the way. Me see. That way,
0: let let me run him down. The uh, he's not a hall of famer before Ricky Dozon. He's not a hall of famer before Bob Backlund. He's not a hall of famer before the Midnight Express, Rick Rude, Sergeant Slaughter, John Cena. <laughs> I mean, Question even Chris Blackwell. Jericho.
2: Chris Jericho Siek, should
0: be in before Sting. Seek
2: Adnan Al Casey.
0: And <laughs> sold out Houston off.
2: Yeah, this <laughs> shit, man. Jumpin' <laughs> Jeff Farmer. Yeah, oh, of course. That's a that's a different show. <laughs> that's gonna be my five. That's my five star Hall of Fame.
0: <laughs> let me check here and see. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about Sting. Um, I don't know yeah, if you his guys, fuck him, <laughs> but actually, Chad, from your from your votes this year, let's see, you did pretty good. Bachwinkle, Stu, DiBiase, Sheik, Brody all got in. So, the people you voted for this year that didn't get in Midnight, Midnight Express, Buddy, Buddy Rose, <laughs> Buddy Rose, and he's going in,
2: dude. Mark my words.
0: Um, But yeah, he, when, is, he, actually, when he Buddy when he when he goes is, in, he when he goes in, it's gonna blow him away. I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah, but Buddy Rose isn't even something to laugh at because, like you said, like the criteria of it was: is Buddy Rose the biggest star in the world? No, but, but he, he was up to of Portland. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. See, Buddy Rose is gonna get in. <clears throat> um. But yeah, like I said, Midnight Express. I didn't vote for Midnight's this year, but they might be on my... Because the people that I voted for that did get in, I voted for in uh, for Chic Monsoon, Stew, and JYD. The people that I did vote for this year that didn't get in, um, I voted for Inoki. Um, I voted for, obviously, Ricky Dozon, because I just bitched about it. And I actually voted for John Cena this year. Cause I mean, 30%. let's be honest. He, you know, no matter what, modern era, old era, whatever, the guy's had a hell of a fucking run and done a lot of fucking business. And oh, he's, he's like ge- me for a while. For for a generation of fans, like for for my son, who's 21, John Cena's the biggest wrestling star in the world, you know, because that was his. We usually tend to gravitate to our childhood and our teens and our, you know, that's what we, so, I mean, I can see it from his perspective to him, John Cena's fucking Hulk Hogan. Um, and then I also voted for Ray Mysterio Jr. this year. All right. So. That's not bad. He's got 25 years in 30, like, <laughs> more than
2: almost by 30 years total in.
0: And can we honestly say he's the, he's the best, not, not Mexico, not, we're not talking about Mexico, but as far as luchadors. On the uh, in the United States to wrestle, he's probably the biggest lucha star ever in the United States, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah,
2: without a doubt. And I mean, there's nobody even close, unless unless you're going to, you know, put him up against Jose Lothario in some little town in Texas.
0: (laughs) Or Mascaris.
2: Yeah, no, Mysterio's even past him because Mascaris fans aren't even alive anymore. (laughs) Don't undersell El Dandy. Oh, I do. I'm a big El Dandy fan. Don't get me started on El Dandy, and and Super Porky. Yeah, I
1: Super love me Porky. some
2: Brazo de Plata, dude. God rest Watch, Super Porky. Watching Hit the Ropes is the best. <laughs> but, but I love El Dandy too. His haircut. I'm growing <laughs> my hair out like that too.
1: One of my favorite things. I was just watching the Slammerie and and Jericho. That he introduces El Dandy, and he's like coming into the ring. And, the Mexican Lou Fregno,
0: El Dandy. <laughs> I I actually um, and I know I know I've said it I've said it on I know I don't t- we don't talk about him a lot on this podcast because it's an ECW <laughs> podcast, but on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, I talk all the time about how much I love I love smug shitty heel Bret Hart. That's like that's what he his Bret whenever Bret's a heel, he's one of my favorite heels ever, and I love the deal. Where Goldberg's trying to get Bret Hart in the ring, and Gene Okerlund's interviewing Bret Hart. It's WCW. It's like the shitty days of WCW, but Bret's a fucking shining star, and Bret's the US champion. And essentially, Gene Okerlund's like, "Bret, you're you're not answering the challenge of Goldberg," and Bret goes, "Listen, Gene, I know Goldberg wants Bill Goldberg wants a shot at me, but he's got to get in line." And Gene's like he's Bill Goldberg, and he's like, don't underestimate L Dandy, Gene. <laughs> and it's just like he's got this whole thing about how he needs to give El Dandy his U.S. title shot because he deserves it more than Goldberg. And it's just so fucking funny. Like I, randomly, I can't he's Bret Hart doing that. <laughs> oh yeah. I,
1: and my second favorite part of the thing is like they're they're not calling him Bill Goldberg anymore. They're just calling him Goldberg, and. Uh, Gene Okerlund, like Brett's like and and Bill Goldberg, he does he and he's, he says it in his Canadian accent. He's like, Bill Goldberg, Bill Bill Goldberg. Goldberg doesn't deserve a chat, doesn't deserve a shot. And girls like or Gene's like, Oh, he wants to just be known as Goldberg now. Oh, is that right? Let me tell you something <laughs> about Bill Goldberg. <laughs> like, like, like he makes sure. The rest of the time, he says Bill Goldberg as many times as he can. It's one of the greatest fucking promos ever. <laughs> well, who's <laughs> going to
0: fucking fucking with art And it was on a fucking worldwide that nobody yeah, ever... It, wasn't, it was on just, yeah, <laughs> Fucking WCW. Aaron, yeah, do you no, want me to go through who you voted for that did get in and didn't get in? Huh? Do you want me to go what? through your votes here Yeah, real we quick? can do that quick if you want. Aaron voted for... The people that Aaron voted for that got in were Bachwinkle, Stu, DiBiase, and Monsoon. The people that Aaron voted for that didn't get in this year, Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, Bob Backlund, and Kane. Kane's interesting. Yeah, uh,
1: Those were just... I think Kane has a career that um... I don't want to say it's like almost everything was against the guy, but he still persevered and a guy that could have walked away from it of just being like, just given shit gimmick after shit gimmick after shit gimmick and just being like, (laughs) nothing's ever going to work and dude stuck it out and, and made it. And I think he just I don't think he gets enough credit, even though he gets credit from the, from the, uh, like the, the locker room, you know, I don't think he gets enough credit in general as being as being as big of a fucking star as he is.
2: Dude, I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of like because I have probably more roles on DVD than I have any other company. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Any other anything. So I've been watching a lot of roles and I'm like, dude, Kane really doesn't do anything. Like it, it's 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 amazing to me. I've been watching him like I it, it just stuck out at me the other day. I was watching something. I'm like, dude. He doesn't do much. Like as far as like even in his matches, he basically does like the taker spots. And, mm-hmm. then, and there's and a lot of the times he's still on his feet. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, he, and he, he's been what 30 years.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's uh, what do I say. He's one of those guys that if, when you really watch him, he didn't do a lot, but what he did made enough of an impact where it didn't matter that he didn't do a lot. You, you, you know? didn't know it at the time. Right, yeah, you didn't notice because he's 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 a he's a pro. Yeah, I'd say he's one of the better, you know, one of the best big guys ever. Um and, and he still can and, be. And yeah, and and like Aaron said, he WWE through all his incarnations fed him a lot of shit to eat. And he he stuck around and stuck with it long enough to land a golden gimmick, a golden goose. You're gonna Undertaker's be Undertaker's brother. Yeah, I mean, Undertaker's the brother.
2: Gimmick to be Undertaker's <laughs> exactly. father. <or> exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's the best gimmick that you could be given in the WWF? Undertaker's brother. I think take, things I'll, are gonna I'll work out. For his neighbor.
2: <laughs> or or his fucking or you know or his dentist.
1: Like Anything. you're just not gonna. It, it's like you're not just gonna have a feud with the guy. You're gonna be linked to him the rest of the time that you're here. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, aren't you the guy to change my oil? That's right.
2: <laughs> fuck, and he's the guy at Walmart. Can I see your receipt? What the fuck? Yeah, he's everywhere, and he's done everything. Like, I, I remember, I remember being in Memphis. I, I was there, like, probably right after Glenn was down there. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, um, like people that I was I was down there with talking about how much how great of a guy he was, and how they just kept giving him like WWE just kept sending down these gimmicks for him when he was in Memphis, even down in Memphis.
0: When he was in Memphis, did he work as Unabom or did he work as I was Smoky Mountain? Oh, yeah, I knew, I knew, I know Smoky Mountain. But did when he was in Memphis, did he work as Unabom or did he work? He, 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 no, he, he worked in Christmas Memphis Creature. as Unabom when
2: Smoky Mountain feuded with uh, USWA. But he he wrestled as fucking the Christmas creature, yeah, Christmas, which creatures. had the tinsel on it and the belt and Crazy. the and the bells and stuff. And he, he wrestled yeah. in like as, as like the Punisher, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, any any of them any of them <laughs> generic names? The gladiator. I was gonna say any
0: boom. any 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 gimmick they ever also gave Sid. <laughs> uh, I think he went
1: by Bruener Bru- Bruiser Marcino or some shit. Bruiser like that Mastino.
0: Dude. He yeah. had a match in he had a match in WCW as bru- Bruiser Mastino and Sting. Wait a minute,
2: Bruiser Mas- Bruiser Mastino wasn't he that guy that was like PN News's
0: brother? No, that was um that was uh Mantar um, bru- fuck,
1: it was Bruiser Mantar, <laughs> Mantard, <laughs> Mantard.
0: This <It was> <laughs> thing was bull something, but.
1: Is that what you <laughs> called him? His career was bull something, too. <laughs> it wasn't bull something.
2: It was Mantar.
0: All right, there it is. More conversation about the Hall of Fame from this year. And there will be more conversations about the Hall of Fame this year. I have a couple more segments scheduled to record with some more of our panelists. Uh, those will probably just be coming out intermittently as we also are going through the PWI 500. Sometimes, you know, it's tough to get people scheduled when they can uh, all be together. But definitely another one like we usually do with myself, David Gold, and John Majewski, and a couple of others as well. So we're going to sign off. I'll see everybody next week here on the Weekend Wrestle podcast. Have a great week, everybody. And continue, continue to enjoy whatever pro wrestling you enjoy. And let other people enjoy what they enjoy too, would you? But being an asshole, if you're an asshole.